0: Welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamers Editorial Roundtable Podcast. I am Scott Wachter, and with me tonight are my co-hosts...
1: I'm Sam Wachter. This is Trent, by the way.
2: (laughs) Myself, I'm Mac. I do stuff here. How's it going?
1: It's going well.
0: Alright, so today, uh, for our Editorial Roundtable, we'll, we'll Editorial and Roundtable on the subject of Systematized Morality... In the RPG genre, Gestalt thingy, (laughs) and we're we're breaking sort of choice and uh, choice and consequence-related mechanics and design stuff into a few different episodes because, hey, content make it work. Don't need to tackle it all at once. So we're all here. You all have RSS feeds. We can we can play this out for days.
1: Indeed. (laughs) All right. So, what's the fishing line here? Where are we starting?
0: Okay. Well, we're gonna start by saying that ethics is hard.
1: <laughs> yes. There's no doubt about it because, as I've been joking before the show, video game ethics in terms of morality systems is save the baby or eat the well, baby. Mostly no, well, RPGs. That
0: that's basically it. Is that real life <laughs> e- ethics are sticky and troubling, and even when you agree, you have to spend an entire dissertation explaining why. No, no. I've come to the correct conclusion the correct way, and you Consequentialists are full of bunk. Good day, sirs.
2: Even then, I think coding and designing ethics is really the complicated matter, is it not?
0: Well, I I feel like you have to present a scenario, and then
2: attaching point values afterwards are really wonky. Yeah, the whole disapproves, approves is kind of one of the biggest noticeable things that you see in games, and that really doesn't hit ethics too well as much as are you pleasing somebody else or are you not? Well, that's is that's that the morality? relationships
0: episode, because everyone knows that a good uh, a good romantic relationship is built on mutual approval of each other's grossly oversimplified moral
2: drives. <laughs> Via a point system. Via a point system.
1: Can't forget that part.
2: That's how you two got together, right? Didn't yes, you? Trent, yes. Kelsey... I- yeah, and me and Christy, all of us got together via a complicated point system. Yes, yes. In fact,
1: I would have been at negative points when we met. See, <laughs>
0: see, that that is in fact the, the very true stories that Sam and I spent uh, an extended period traveling. Uh, you know, a monster-filled wasteland, and over time, she realized that I kept saying things that made her happy. So we may as well just bang.
1: You mean you mean it's not like what I did in Skyrim? There was an accidental, you know, amulet put on you, and then we basically ran off to the church to get itched.
0: Well, okay, <laughs> taking this away from from the relationship side and specifically into the idea of uh, just, just this cartoonish super villainy versus stupid, just stupid portrayal of what is righteous... You know, save the baby, eat the baby.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've got to call out Bioware first because they are the RPG well, studio that tends to make this their bread and butter. Well, they
1: they were they had good morality systems at one point. Well, they they had they they,
0: they tried for a while and then they stopped. I, I'm I mean I, I do want to actually highlight Knights of the Old Republic as being kind of the fact that it's super black and white is kind of the point because that's the setting they were playing in that there, mm-hmm. there is no moral nuance in in, uh, in in Star Wars it's like you know what your wife could someday die unless you kill children <laughs> sounds great
2: <laughs> hey, it worked
1: I gotta give Bioware some credit in that they, they do try they do try to make you care about some of those moral choices I mean, I, I don't like that it's basically either you are the angel of awesome or, you know, Satan. Um, but I don't know, I still cared when I was making some of those choices. Not always, but I mean, well, that's okay. kind of how it is when it I depends actually, on the story beat.
0: I do, I do want to call out someone, uh, the real offender.
1: Is it Bethesda?
0: No, the oh. real offender. Peter Molyneux. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the one who promised all these things well no and then he, never he, delivered. He, he did
0: not promise me anything particularly in the moral system of fable or black and white or fable again or fable again but yeah I mean come on come on you gotta
1: admit the idea that you could just walk up to your partner fart on them and they would love it
0: okay it's just again bizarre. again relationship episode gone. <laughs> Sorry. Gone. That.
1: It's just, that's a <laughs> part of the morality system in that game. It's no, weird. it's not. It's
0: not. It's, it's, totally. it's the grossly simple personal interaction system, right next to the grossly simple career system. We're talking about the okay. grossly simple moral system, <laughs> where if you eat live chickens, you grow devil horns. That's
1: weird. Yeah.
0: Or if you eat tofu, you get angel wings, and butterflies start following you around. Which is the think, only benefit of tofu.
1: So if I eat yeah. tofu in real life, am I actually going to get angel wings? I don't think that's how that works.
0: Well that that's that's the point. This. Um if anyone's eating tofu right now. Test it. Let us know.
1: I think
2: going back to morality, and I think the fable example is more poor design than poor morality. There's Things that you can talk about that Fable didn't really deliver on. But I I can't just brush off. we got to go back to to Bioware because, like I said, they are the ones that seemingly kind of, whether they've started it or not, they're the most well-known for doing this. And earlier on, I'll just use the Mass Effect and Dragon Age games, for example. The first Dragon Age game for me, Dragon Age Origins, really seemed to nail more of the morality choices than any of the others. And I think I can kind of explain why it did it better. And it was a lack of voice acting from the main character was one of the biggest points. You could have five or six different options that your character could choose from. And yes, you had to have voice acting for all the other characters and how they'd respond and what they would do. But they were able to play to those things more in that game than they were any of the others dragon age 2 inquisition let's be much honest all of the Dra- mass effect games dragon
1: age 2 was the worst offender of the morality system bunch in dragon well, age <laughs> yes i and feel no. like we gonna drop the, down that
2: bad hole because that, that is it, it, it's true. a rabbit hole but i
0: think that one it there was never necessarily a moral component it is a it was about choosing sides and both <laughs> sides were stupid good point so, I, so, like, going back to Dragon Age 1, it comes to this thing about consequence and cost, where, um, in real life, being amoral has consequences, and being moral has costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 you can document this, think about your own life. Yeah. And video games tend not to do that, like, or if they do, they're sort of readily apparent and immediate. You just, you pick the thing, and then your consequence is immediate and then uh basically non-existent afterwards. It's like, oh, hey, you did eat that baby. <laughs> You're a horrible person moving along. Yeah, pretty
1: so much. So here's, we
2: have this baby.
1: But see, And that's the most bizarre response. Like when you think about it is, you know, you choose to eat the baby and everyone's just like, so you did that. And it just, it's not real. And then maybe Three way. Dog,
0: and then later on, Three Dog comes on the radio to tell you that, man, this guy eats babies. He's a
1: horrible person.
0: <laughs> no more old jazz music. Which
1: is funny, cause yeah. you know, Wayne Newton didn't pick on you.
0: Wayne Newton did- didn't know you existed, because you were a small part of a much bigger engine, whereas in Fallout 3, you're the only thing that mattered. That's true. Three
1: Dog was a jerk.
0: Three Dog is a jerk. <laughs> I like uh, three but... dog <laughs>
1: I, I like three dog too he's still a jerk he likes to remind you you're either I told you a saint or a devil and that's all he does and if you're neutral he just doesn't know what to well, really talk being, about with being you because you're boring exactly. well no because
0: being neutral means literally seesawing back and forth between quests as to how you resolve them and then he's just like this guy murdered everyone in
2: this <laughs> town
1: But But then then you rescued
2: a small child. (laughs) In order to be neutral, you have to only eat every other baby you (laughs) say. Yes, yes.
0: Which,
1: you know, I could tell you about another game that does this, which is Shimigami Tensei 4. Because this is another one where, again, you get choices. And your choices follow the suit of, is it lawful, is it chaotic, or is it neutral? Except for the part where having a neutral option is next to impossible in that game. I
0: think you named the wrong SMT. No, that's the right
1: one. Shin Megami Tensei 4.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: The one on the 3DS.
0: You said Persona 4.
1: Did I say Persona 4? I'm so sorry. No, she
3: didn't. She said Shin Megami Tensei 4. Are you paying attention?
1: Scott is not paying attention. (laughs) One of the large issues that I've talked about with certain staff members, particularly Glenn, um, is that Shin Megami Tensei 4 is probably the most black and white with your three choices. You know, if you're lawful, oh my god, you're amazing. And yet... You're basically killing a crap ton of people by doing what is considered a good thing. Because the game is about an apocalypse, you know, your choices are kill everybody or try to save everybody. Or, just not be a part of it. Which I like that option the best, and that was actually the first option I picked when I beat the game. Um, But, it's idea of morality. I mean, I don't really like black and white morality systems, and it's a shame that that's mostly what we get a lot of the time. I want to believe that there are games that can do that in a more interesting way. It's a shame that there's some non-RPGs that I'd love to talk about that do it in more interesting well, ways, but I won't talk about that.
0: Well I mean if we come up with a compelling counterexample that is grounded in morals and not a choice consequence thing, because I do want to leave a sort of an amoral choice consequence telltale style thing aside for this discussion.
1: I understand because
0: the game doesn't judge you the game does not judge what Lee does. He just tells you what people are gonna remember.
1: Yeah, where Shimagami Tensei Four basically tells you you're either awesome, an asshole, or wow, you just really didn't do anything. Well, and 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 the endings never feel fulfilling because of that.
0: Well, and I think that's something I do want to talk about, where you kind of get locked in to playing your alignment basically in every instance. Like I mean, obviously there's there's your D&D spinoffs where you rolled Paladin, so God damn it, you're going to pick the nicest guy option ever, every time, or the game's going to hit you with a stick. The stick being Be nice. well, The stick any, is XB loss.
2: Are there any other games that really nail down consequence, that give you a true consequence to your actions? Well, I, that, that was the example I was going to give oh. with Dragon Age Origins earlier, was that was the first time I'd really felt hit by something like that was when I was given the option of destroying the urn of Andastrae or not. And then seeing how one side of the party said, do it. And then Wynne was like, you better not do it. And
1: you got to listen to (laughs) Wynne.
2: Yeah. Just, you know, I saved scum this one a little bit, but when I did it and she like went nuts and turned on the party that was, as you know, people can say that's bad, stupid, whatever. But compared to anything else well, that's, th- that's out there, that's it.
0: Is Dragon Age lets your characters break? Mm-hmm. Like everyone has a break point. Uh, Knights of the Republic Two did something similar. But I actually want to bring up a good consequence game is uh, The Witcher. Now The Witcher doesn't really make much moral judgments because it's a kind of a gray, dark, semi literarily realistic world. Full Which of Witcher?
2: Old. Any of
3: the
0: Witcher? Uh, Witcher 1 did, like, The Witcher 1 has a lot of sequences where you'll just make a call that you'll, you'll be like, you know what? I don't need money right now. I'll let this slide. Or I'm going to make a stand against this. And then later on, you'll be hit with, oh, because I did that an act ago, this guy's been killed by bandits. And, um, you, you see it in a few other places in, other Witchers, like I'm playing The Witcher 3 right now, and uh, a consequence of leaving a guy alive in Witcher 2 (laughs) means that I get to shortcut a contract quest and then get dragged into helping this other guy. And that was kind of interesting, because, again, no real moral component to it. Like, I can decide whether or not killing that guy at the end of the second game was a, a yes or no, a good thing. Was a good or wrong thing or even just yeah. a selfish well, it,
2: thing. It was a moral choice like you said, but it's not punishing you because you made evil choice versus good choice. You made a moral choice to let this person live because that's how you felt, and there was a payoff for it that was beyond, oh, here's all the treasure of the world for being a hero.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Geralt's not a hero. He's a professional. Yeah, <laughs> And that that is an interesting thing, and I think Having that tone, like, uh, I think the wit, the part of the writing team on Dragon Age wants to have that tone. They want that dark, kinda just grounded, gritty thing where you're gonna make hard calls mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to live with them either way. And eventually they ended up softening to make it a bit more like Baldur's Gate 2 where you could be a nice guy but it meant more work and Being a nice guy always never had any negative repercussions down the line. You were a nice guy, so the game wasn't going to hurt you for it. And The Witcher just sort of says, "Hey, you make your call. We're going to have a we're we're going to have something else later come up. Like, you know what? I saved a guy from getting lynched because I didn't think he was a band because I didn't think he deserved to be lynched for being on the stuck in a war." And then. You know what? A few chapters later, I bump into him, and oh, he's turned bandit and he's killed a caravan full of guys. And I'm like, jeez. you, you, sir, have made me feel bad about my d- judgment. I'm gonna stab you now. <laughs> and I did stab him then.
1: <laughs> but you know what? Like-
0: but that was down to me. The game just gave me XP both times, and I was like, okay.
1: But you know what? I think Maxon does something, at least with Dragon Age Origins. I think that game did try in a lot of ways to have um some grayer choices, at least some grey area in what you could do. Um and it's a shame that there are so many games that prefer this idea that it has to be either black or white. That's why I I for preference yeah. sake I still love Origins the most, just because I feel like when I was going back and playing different parts of the game, again, yes, I'd go and make the alternate choice, but it was always kind of fun to see the reaction of the party members afterwards. Like, I don't know if anyone did this, but I took Loghain into my party, and that was one of my favorite moral choices that I got to make in the game, because I basically got to either, I could kill Alistair in that moment if I wanted, or, yeah, I could just exile him. And I chose to exile him, so it was great when I played Dragon Age 2, and there he is sitting at the bar, and he's getting completely drunk and blastered. So it's kind of nice to see that, like, after effect. And then to have, huh. for example, when I went into Dragon Age 3, Loghain was the warden that you meet if you took him into your party.
3: Really?
1: And so I, I didn't get the hmm. the generic warden guy that everybody else got. But I we're, got Loghain. We're all
3: surprised because we didn't let Loghain live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Loghain Honestly, was a dick. Yeah. See, Honestly, I... I like I, that, I, though. I... How can get, you
1: getting like on him? this. I don't like oh, low I just like judging liked
0: it. you, Sam. God. Yeah, get, getting, <laughs> getting getting talking about low game A quick tangent about low for a second. Um, Chuck, what's his face? On uh, he he runs the SF Debris video series. Mm-hmm. He did an analysis of character by character of everyone in Dragon Age Origins,
1: specifically
0: calling out how they were related to uh, the characters from Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. and he actually compared Loghain to the protagonist of Lights of the Old Republic. And his analysis made sense, and it's made me reconsider the character in a very different way.
1: Actually, Trent, do you want to know why I took Loghain? I'll give you the honest reason, because it's actually pretty funny. (laughs) Pettiness. (laughs) I'm telling you anyways. Um, Let's put it this way. I wanted to go for the evil baby ending, so I wanted Logang to sleep with the Grody Witch because I was also playing a human noble and I was like, that's my revenge for you killing my family. You sleep with the Grody Witch because I don't like Morgan.
3: Oh, I yeah. also got the evil baby ending but I did like Morgan <laughs> so I slept with her. <laughs> so it all works out. Exactly, everybody's right everybody, happy. Everybody, everybody's um, happy.
2: I love how your idea of revenge, and this goes right into morality, <laughs> is making somebody sleep with someone else. <laughs> that That's Brilliant. <laughs> Honestly,
0: yes, like, Claudia Black is going to rape you, and you're not going to like it.
3: This is uh, this is an RPG related podcast, so normally I wouldn't bring up this game, but the only game that had kind of a morality system in place that really bothered me was uh, Dishonored, and that's because you know, you, yeah,
0: okay, they, they, yeah, that's another one where they. It, it's a good pivot point to the next topic, but it is one where. You're not – there's no moral component except there's a moral component.
3: Well, and that's the thing. Like they tell you like you have this freedom of choice and that freedom of choice is essentially an illusion because if you decide to just go about the game any way you feel like and you kill people in the process, even if they're horrible people and even if they try to kill you first, you get the bad ending. You're not rewarded with anything. Well, you are disciplined because you're not playing by the game's predetermined rules.
0: And in a lot of cases, the non-lethal takeouts, like for the named characters, you, you can just stab, you. There, there's a revenge plot in play, so you can just stab everyone who's responsible for your current situation, and that's the bad ending. But if you lead them all into fates far worse than death, yeah, you know, you're fine. You're golden. Children love you.
1: Because that's so realistic, Oh my god, oh, super realistic. I mean, so realistic, Trent.
0: Well, and and this brings us into the, my next point about um, sort of a, a a morality that is not black and white, but teal and orange. And <laughs> they try to define teal and orange, but someone always misses the memo. And I'm going to bring up Jade Empire here, where they said, "No, no, closed fist isn't a bad. You're not a bad person if you go closed fist. You're just." aggressive and encourage people to find their own strength. And there's about two moments in the game where that's the case, where you have a situation where a slave is asking you to kill her captors. And I'm like, you know what? No, you do it. You want it so bad. And that felt sort of honest to the morality they were trying to the, trying to portray. But most of the time, well... Uh, they just
1: want to kick their ass.
0: Well, no, it's most of the time... Well, only... You get far enough down the close fist side, you can kill puppies for power-ups.
1: No, no. I didn't get that far, but no. That could be a good band name. Puppies (laughs) for power-ups.
0: Yeah, like you, you, you literally are just walking down the street of the Imperial City and you can kick little Lassa Apso fluff dogs for health pickups. They explode in the same piles of gore as everything else.
1: Thank God I didn't go the way of the close fist, but... Yeah, That's I mean, horrific, and I'm picturing my own little dog, and I'm crying, and this is <laughs> terrible. It's terrible, guys.
0: And, and I mean, even even in uh, Mass Effect, where theoretically it's an idealist versus cynical perspective as is, is your morality, most what of the choices are sort of dick versus guidance counselor.
2: Mass- Why do you think it misses so much?
0: I think part of it is just literally sticking points on it. And, like, you know, eventually... How
2: do you code yeah, these decisions, like, that
0: kind of situation? Like, e- even in Fallout 3, like, stealing is a really slap-on-the-wrist thing. It is literally a slap-on-the-wrist as far as the morality <laughs> system is concerned. Unless you don't
3: know how to submit when guards approach you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it... Okay, but what I'm saying is, like, if you steal... Like, I can walk into someone's shack and steal all of their food... All of their food, all of their water. Apparently, the, the, this and this setting is constantly telling you that food and water are hard to come by. Everyone's desperate. Mm-hmm. But if I take all of this, the entirety of this man's food, and leave forever, never to return, and presumably he starves to death, um, unless he was important to the plot, and then he can then he's indestructible. He <laughs> uh, you are stuck. You, no, there's really nothing compared to just shooting the guy,
2: and
1: and then taking his food, and, and a lot ta- of your
2: morality stuff too tr- isn't true morality because you're only punished if you're caught. So wow. it's a consequence system, not a true morality system.
0: Except except for the part where three dog knows you're a bad person. He's psychic. With, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're not if psychic you enough somebody. to spot the grenade I put in his pants. <laughs> Oh,
2: God. Poor three-dog. earned it. I missed three-dog. But that's the biggest thing, is coding. You know, how do you actually design this? And like I was saying earlier, I think with, like, Mass Effect, they had to limit options. You've got your character responding in certain ways. You can't have a game where you have tons of choices and give your actor all of these different lines and different ways yeah. to go and have, you know, male and female options for this without it being so massive in your choices that, you know, there'll be options people never see and there already are with just the limited number that Mass Effect currently has. So, I'm not sure how you can improve that without making a game that's so much more bloated and so much more massive in scale and scope. You know, it'd be great if they could just do that. But realistically, I don't think it's possible. Well, Not with current setups. It would have to go kind of kick it back a little, um, make it a little more retro, like. Well, I know, think Shroud of the Adav- of Eternity or something. Like, and, Shroud
0: of or, the Avatar or- supposedly is going to have no spoken dialogue, so they can kind of use chatbots to do everything mm-hmm. in the name of flexibility.
2: I think that's what's killed a lot of it is just the increase in tech has bottlenecked a lot of the other choices. Well, I think
0: some of its production value is not necessarily tech. like You you can make a very sophisticated game that um, is basically
2: Zork. Right. Production value more so is what
0: I was thinking. Well,
1: I guess it's also the stage of when you're getting to the level of it just becoming more like a visual novel, which is entirely text-based, and basically losing out on the game part. I'm not saying visual novels aren't games as the queen of loving visual novels here, but that's kind of what ends up happening when you're too text bloated and you're not balancing the level of gameplay, right? And most people who play games like Mass Effect, I want to believe, I mean, that they like both, but let's be realistic here. Most of them want the shooty shooty bit. Well, and yeah, the shooty shooty us, bits not that interesting as far as yeah. Mac and I are concerned. Yeah.
2: we've gone on record <laughs> multiple times saying that we love botware games because they're dating sims. So,
1: yeah, the best and dating sims ever. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll
0: we'll break down why I think my stance on that in a later episode. But yeah. I think there is this fact that you know you go out of your way again, Mass Effect being a great example, where the most interesting thing in Mass Effect 2, is basically deciding between genocide and
1: brainwashing?
0: It's in Legion's loyalty mission.
1: Oh, yeah, that one. That was pretty horrific.
0: Like, like, it's the only time I've really had to stop and think. Like, this is the only way we can really resolve this, is I blow these guys up, or I rewrite who they are as people. And, you know what? The first time I stopped and thought... The second time, I picked whichever one gave me red points because <laughs> I needed a lot of red points to get through the end game and the, nec- and the sequel.
2: <laughs> were, and are they really people? You know, that's the one thing that made you sit back and think that one time, isn't it? It was the mindset you had going into it. Were you truly role playing or were you just trying to play the game? And we've been very, very heavy on the western side of RPGs because, you know, like Sam said, there's been outside of SMT, there's not a not a ton of options of games that offer this. And by SMT, I mean Persona and anything Atlas Shin Megami Tensei, even vaguely related to those. Those are the games that seem to really hit that.
1: Well, and part of the other problem with I think JRPGs is. The ones that tend to have moral choices, in air quotes, is they they want to be a hybrid of something. Usually they're half RPG, half visual novel, as I stated before. And unfortunately, whenever you play one of those, you either get one side that is stronger than the other. Usually, like for me, I almost find I like the visual novel side more in those kinds of RPGs than I do the actual RPG part. And it's kind of problematic because, well, it, as much as they think that they're making a fine balance, I often find sometimes that there's an RPG, the RPG part is almost always lacking.
0: Well, okay, I'm gonna, that's I'm, me personally. I'm actually gonna throw out a drink cue here. Oh no. Chrono Trigger.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, Chrono Trigger.
0: Because Chrono Trigger isn't overt, it's not always telling you what a choice point is, and there's a lot of things you can do on a new game plus that let you break sequence that alters your endings. True. I mean, again, the game doesn't necessarily judge you, but there is a best ending to Chrono Trigger.
2: Yeah. And there are other games that do the same, too. And it's not just Megami Tensei, but it's rare outside of that series. And you know, I mean, there's games like uh, Tactics Ogre. But still, even within that... You kind of branch in different directions. It's not so much...
3: Well, and I mean, there, step, there are the games...
2: points you're hitting. Yeah. yeah it, it's it's the overall picture of which well, path you end up in the long
1: run. And let's be honest, there are games that just also try to do it, and it's outright embarrassing, like Tales of Zillia 2, where it would give you <laughs> choices. Uh, and it didn't matter, actually, which one you picked, because other than the ending, the stuff for the ending sequence, they were all pretty damn meaningless. Well,
0: I, I sincerely... I literally want to load that game up and do the opening just to be like, so how does this game railroad me onto the train if I say I'm not going on the train? Going on the train, train, right? Like, I realize there's probably a few points along that one, but that's the well, first no. one. A-
1: Adrian actually told me in that, I'm going to tell you this. If you select to not go on the train, they still force you on the train. Oh, I, I, I know because that. Because of stupid little girl mechanic. I, I
0: just want to see how they do it. I want to see I the how. That's what I mean.
1: A game like that, a series that's not known for doing that... Flops when they attempt it because they don't actually get a sense of what makes choices interesting. Well, like they, Tales wasn't there. It. Oh, that's just it. But Tales, you could see that they just didn't even research the idea of how to make choices. They had no clue. <laughs> well, I and think that, that's and there, there, there is pain, some
0: really and there's something to be said where these games are not super authentic about the alignment you are playing. Yeah. Where it's like never win, like never winter nights. Well, you know, the good guys are going to save this village because they're good guys. But the bad guy... The plot still says you ha- the village gets saved, so the evil characters have to save the village an evil way.
2: Alright, I want to know this, then. I want to hear from all of you all, uh, especially Trent on this one. Um, what do you think Japanese-developed role-playing games could do outside of SMT and Persona to add this kind of morality system into them? Uh,
3: If I could speak, I I, I suppose I would want them to have choices that involve actual choice and (laughs) and imply morality to it without assigning value judgments that necessarily affect the core gameplay. So I, I suppose, in essence, my answer would be I would want them to do nothing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what though, but I agree with you, Trent. In a lot of cases, I just don't feel that JRPGs get the idea of a morality system. Well, right. I, don't, I don't think it's—I
3: don't think it's any RPG. I, I would say it's not any game really. I feel like if you were actually interested in creating a game in which your choices m- made legitimate change in a game world and had some inherent value regarding yourself then it would be let's say 20 different choices oh yeah and and 18 of them would be shades of gray you know so i i think it's just it's too challenging to put in a system that isn't binary that isn't simple and at the end of the day if you aren't going to be able to do it right why would you be doing it at all
1: and i totally agree with you in a lot of that sentiment just because like i said with the jrpgs i I feel like a lot of the time when they do it, it either, again, comes across like it's a visual novel or an Otome game, like Sakura Wars 5, which, that's a game I really enjoyed and I liked kind of the mechanics for that. Did it but, really add anything? Well, way?
0: I mean, that's the thing, though. There's no real morality. Yeah,
1: there's no real morality in what you're attached doing. Attached to it. Other than it's just girl how either much likes you or the they girls hate you. like you. <laughs> so you touched her inappropriately. She doesn't like you. No crap, Sherlock. Um, but again, like... At least with the Western RPGs, I'd like to think that they're at least kind of trying a little bit harder. And I'm not saying that JRPGs can't do it because no, I it's think it's not
2: a slam against them; they just don't
1: they, try. I just that's think not triply, not their purpose. Generally. Exactly. I think that JRPGs sometimes can do better storytelling beats without having morality choices in them. Like I can mm-hmm. think of a lot of games that I've played where I just like the story, and I would hope that they would never add something like that because then it would feel awkward or arbitrary. I mean, Suikoden has it a little bit because in Suikoden 2, like, you could actually choose to not rescue this one character, and he dies. And it changes sort of how your battle setup goes into the next part of the game, mm-hmm. and the fact that it changes the fact that you wouldn't be able to get the best ending if he wasn't alive.
0: Well, I, I think that's an issue with uh, Japanese role watching games, because yeah. I'm going to bring out that old <laughs> chest out of mine. Oh no! Because they are interested in Putting characters in a situation where friendship and pure hearts save the day, but when they do sort of have multiple outcomes, it is the not there's there's like it, it, it's based on time put in, like it's it's amount, it like you you get to you get the happiest ending for the characters if you do all the side quests and talk to everyone, even if all they have to say is that I'm a farmer, and when they do. <laughs>
3: so I'm, much well, information <laughs> hey that guy
0: he was a farmer <laughs> or, or what about um, there jump. are many there are many guards I, at the castle I, I, may,
3: may, maybe this is a topic for another podcast but you also have to question why there's an npc <laughs> their their one line of dialogue constitutes three words
1: you mean you why why like did that? they give him
0: lines is what we're
3: asking what
1: about shorts are comfy and easy to wear well
0: they have to say something before they challenge okay, you to you a fight. you leave Joey
1: alone. <laughs> <laughs> Joey okay, is actually, his
0: simplicity. Hey, Joey is brilliant, but I do want to actually bring up uh, Team Plasma. <laughs> they questioned the premise of the game on moral grounds.
1: Which, which one are you referring to?
0: Um, what was the last one I bought?
1: I think Black and, black and, white. and
0: white. Black and White, yeah.
1: Because that's the, that's the environmental one. Plasma, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah,
0: Team Plasma. They they were like, hey, are we sure that we're doing this is right? And that's actually a really interesting thing where you have to ponder that, except the game tells you that, nah, it's cool. They, and in fact, they, this whole writing rick of theirs was bunk. They're just trying to steal a rare Pokemon to rule the world.
1: But, you know, gotta admit, that's kind of neat for a Pokemon game to actually take a step back for a second and be like, hey.
0: These are cockfighting seashore seas- seas- monsters.
2: There's some morality to talk about right there. Well, that's and that's it. Saying.
0: Is Sometimes I think games can bring up a morally challenging topic and not necessarily have a choice and be interesting.
1: Well, I like that you're bringing that up because actually you just made me think of a game that does that really well, um, which is Girl Lancer 2. I don't know if hmm. any of you have played okay. that one. Um, but in Girl Lancer 2, you have a villain in the game who's convinced that the only way to fix the world is to brainwash people into peace and you uh, basically... That's,
3: that's a pretty standard set. Oh, no, no, but, but I, hold on. Like, that, that, that's a Buffy villain. Oh,
1: no, like- but let me finish, because the game actually <laughs> takes a really interesting turn that when you get to the end of the game, you actually have a protagonist who basically tries to explain to them, explain to him that it's not acceptable. War is something that you need to have. And yes, it, it comes across a little Buffy and a little corny.
0: Well, but there like- are three beats in the endless waltz of human civilization. War is the first one. It's the strong beat.
1: But again, like I like or... the way that they <laughs> I like the way that the game presents it because it's fun to watch the villain just basically crumble and he actually ponders that that answer. Like he doesn't actually state, no no, this is what I have to do and this is the only way I can fix it. He actually rationalizes with the hero for a few minutes and actually says, you know. If I can't fix the world, then then who will? And he's not, like, an evil villain by any stretch of the means. He he has a good sense of what he wants to do. But at the same time, it's like brainwashing people into peace isn't exactly going to fix anything.
0: Actually, um,
1: while we're on that, Chopin. Chopin.
0: So, the game starts where you're, like, trying to protest a trade embargo... You mean Eternal Sonata, right? Oh, uh, yeah, the, the game Eternal Sonata. You you start out by protesting a trade embargo, and then you beat up the Baron only to find out he was being <laughs> I, manipulated I, I by his a butler. Colorf-
3: a colorful JRPG starts with a trade embargo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it god. It, like, what? Did it was it trying to rip off the Phantom Menace?
0: Oh. No, no, sadly not. But by the end of it, it's. There's there's a series of conversations where Chopin questions whether or not anything that is happening matters because it's a dream. And he eventually decides that, no, this is a dream. I'm going to wake up. If I have to wake up by killing you, I will. And then he becomes the villain of the final act. And that's actually sort of an interesting moral stance that it's like, you know what? We've established from jump that this is a dream. Chopin dreams about trade embargoes, apparently. And that we're gonna make you care about this dream world way more than care about actual 19th century Poland. So, uh, when we get to the end of it, Chopin seems like a dick for wanting to, wanting out of here. And then you kill him. Spoilers.
1: I haven't played that game. Thanks, Scott.
0: Sam, it's been like nine years.
1: I know i'll get to it
3: it's a, it's out of the spoiler zone i know
2: <laughs> you'll forget about it by the time you play i'm,
3: I'm just teasing
2: because i've already forgot about it. <laughs> it
3: it was a it was a decent game it's pretty good
2: i liked it we'll get into the morality of it being our game rpg of the year
1: <laughs> <sighs> hey that was a rough year let's be honest
2: no comment no
0: commento <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's just do, it. I mean, do,
0: do you have ethical concerns, Trent? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But any any thoughts you want to bring up on the topic? Because you've been uh, quiet I, today. I,
3: I think I, I I just all my concerns I, I've already kind of voiced. I feel like there's no point. You know, in as much as I appreciate experimenting, I, I don't think a game mechanic should be in a game if it can't be done well.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know? Yeah. So, And this is one of those cases where I question whether it can be done well.
0: Well, I mean, can we... I, I, I guess I'll be the devil's advocate in that scenario because it's like, well, how do we do it well if we don't screw it up for decades at a time? <laughs> okay, you, you might. You might. I'm, I don't have a strong argument for continuing to try because it's... You know what? Games don't do it well. Because ethics is hard.
3: Well, and, and so just one of those things. I think they hypothetically could do it, but it would take so much time to program and so much effort, and every mm-hmm. choice would have to be so
1: customized. You really have to ask, is it worth doing at that point? Well, Very true. And I think at the end of the day, you know what? I like the fact for me personally that they, they are trying. Yes, it's a little black and white. But at the same time, I still enjoy it. And to me, if it adds to a fun gameplay experience, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to have fun with it. It's why, at the end of the day, I can be forgiving to games like Mass Effect, where, yes, your cho- your choices are blue or red. But sometimes I like seeing what happens when I pick the blue choice, and sometimes I like seeing what happens when I pick the red choice. I mean, at the end of the day, I cared about what I was doing. I mean, unlike some people, I was one of those people who would ponder every single choice I made, right? And Well...
0: You know what, that'd be great if the game didn't punish you for <laughs> Well, that's pondering. the problem,
1: right? The ge- games do ponder you for doing that, because you should be picking all the red or all the blue. And um, e-
0: even in, say, Night's the Old Republic 2 or Dragon Age, where there's no bar on the side of your character sheet, there's a bar on the side of everyone else's. Yeah. And means, so like- if you aren't playing nice with everyone, or playing nice with the people you want to keep, they aren't going to think around
1: I mean at the end of the day yes I mean I played the first Mass Effect and I played basically making the choices that I wanted to make and (laughs) I never got the achievement for being all blue or all red because I did that and the game did punish me for that but at the same time I was okay with it because I was happy with the decisions that I made in those scenarios the only decision I wish I could take back was learning that Caden was slightly better than Ashley I would have picked him to live Well, because he's just boring. (laughs) She's a racist.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, obviously, I'm I'm going
1: to stand with your... I know (laughs) what you're going to say. I can't. I I,
3: I don't want to defend her, but I mean. (laughs) Look, yes. I would have some—I would have some problems with Torians if my family had gone through what hers did. Well,
0: there's that, and also it's like, no, really, there's a Krogan right there on the biggest on the Alliance' biggest secret. There's a Krogan Battlemaster right there. <laughs> Does he have a clearance for that? Maybe we shouldn't let him be so close to the engine room. <laughs> you're, you're speaking nonsense.
1: Yeah. Fuck. But again, I just think at, <laughs> at the end of the day, people enjoy it regardless of the fact that, yes, it's not always the most realistic situation, but I think if it adds to your experience in a way that you can say, Hey, what choice did you make? Because those are always the best kind of conversations to have with people. It's like, I know, like, for example, when I finished, um, Walking Dead season one, my girlfriend and I had this long conversation about just what kind of choices we Whoa. made and how we approached them. Well, things.
0: that's it though, is I think, because they weren't trying to boil those down. And I mean, they do event it is a series of binaries and they do simplify them by just hacking off characters when they become uh when the branches diverge too far. But it they no one's necessarily judging. The game itself is not judging you. There's there's no mechanical incentive to stick to the straight and narrow. If you want to if Lee Everett is Actually no, if Big B Wolf is just a murderous a murderous sociopathic bastard, the game doesn't really block you from anything. It's just like, hey, this is how we've you get written some the character
2: dialogue that's yeah,
0: different. The, the characters have are going to react to that. But mm-hmm. eventually you're going to solve this mystery and you're going to do some more murdering
1: because see- you're
0: Big B Wolf and you're the biggest and baddest. And see, I
1: didn't want to bring this game up because it's so new, but I am going to talk about it without spoiling it. But one game that I think handles choice-making in a very interesting way is from is Until Dawn, which is that new uh, slasher horror game. Basically, when you pick choices in that game, your relationship changes with the people that you're talking to, and it actually has stats. So when you go into the status screen, you can actually see like how your relationship has changed with someone. So, for example, if you talk to one person and you say all the wrong things, let's say you have a bad relationship with them, they could actually turn on you later in the game.
0: Well, I mean, that sounds like things we've already talked about. It is, but
1: what I liked about that game... I mean, putting it
0: into a horror setting and doing it well well, is what what makes the the
1: game worth talking about, but... Like, when it's not as new, there's things about it that I'd love to discuss, because the idea that you could basically change somebody else's fate, because it's a horror game, it... It's a great concept. I wish that RPGs could figure out how to do that and make me... Well,
0: actually, I'm going to bust out one now. Which one? Alpha Protocol. Oh! Now, you... They're not so much alignments, per se. They're more like approaches.
1: (laughs) Yes,
3: yes, yes. My loathing for Alpha Protocol is well documented. (laughs) But But what I'm
0: saying is, though, it, it sets out three very distinct personality and approaches. And you can play one. You can you you can just hit the violence button over and over. You can be Kiefer Sutherland, but the reward the the game actually rewards you for being more chameleonic and approaching each person differently.
1: I love that game,
0: and that that's that's what makes me want to go back to it. And then I remember, oh, all those boss fights. I don't think I can. That final boss fight's really rough. Uh, I'm I'm talking about the one in Rome.
1: <laughs> oh, I hated that one. I hated that one. I like the one in on the boat, though. That was pretty fun. But
2: we're kind of moving more away from morality and more into choice. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like I said, with least for the game, like I'm I'm just gonna finish boat. Uh, until dawn at least until dawn you feel like a crappy person when you make a mistake in that game well and some so go of that play it well that
0: that's writing that's <laughs> i know like writing talent Writing
1: helps i think like writing
0: talent can mitigate it like witcher 3 i'm playing it right now and i know that i'm not going to affect the plot much until the end but i appreciate the fact that every option in conversation Feels like one character to me. It's not like I'm flipping from Jack Bauer to your high school guidance
2: counselor.
0: All right. So, um, did I have anything else? I don't think so, Mac.
2: No. Just when it comes to morality, I like seeing a lot of options. I like having something that really makes you think. Um, like Sam said earlier, you know, some of the games that you play, or um, all of you all have said throughout this night, you know, there's some things that you pause on. I think it was Scott, too, talking about Legion. There's just certain things I really enjoy in a game, and it's choice. And that's why, you know, I I do enjoy the Telltale games, even if it's, you know, you end up in the same spot. I just like the moment-to-moment morality and how it makes you feel like a jerk at the time, even if the plot doesn't change. So I'd like to see more RPGs do it, uh, Western, Eastern, japan you know i don't care where it comes from i want to see more of that because that's what i enjoy in these
1: i'm with you on that i mean like this is part of the reason why i think i gravitate to visual novels as much as i do um, and it's just because visual novels you you do get to see the large the larger change in some cases See <laughs> so here i but thought uh, you were gonna say get
0: to see large breasts that too But uh,
1: okay I'm disappointed that in Hakuoki, I didn't have big boobs, okay? It bothered me. <laughs> Look, just a little.
0: You are the only girl at a pigeon school. That you know they what? aren't going to give you big
2: boobs.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. That game is actually really brilliant. If you get all the endings and then you get the murder <laughs> plot line, it's the best thing ever.
2: About to say, we went there's, from Hakuoki so to Hachibul Boyfriend. <laughs> I think we've got a couple of them mixed up there.
1: <laughs> both, both games are great. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um,. I'm like you, Mac. I'm I'm happy when I get to think about a choice that I'm making. At the end of it, yeah, is it black and white and maybe one shade of gray? Probably. But you know what? You're working in limitations, and I think we've said that repeatedly this evening, that yeah. there's only so much you can do. So just enjoy what you have in some cases. I realize that's just saying, like, you should just settle and that's it, but... You you gotta settle for Fallout like. Three, Sam. You I had to settle, settle for, for Fallout, Fallout 3. Three. As much as like I hate Fallout 3's story, I still spent ninety hours in that game. Part of me still under- trying to understand how I managed that.
0: Look, there's a lot of bunkers full of ceramic cups, and those ceramic cups <laughs> all need to be on one shelf in my apartment.
3: <laughs>
1: Dear Lord Trent, Trent, get us out of this hole. I can do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you, Trent Sealy!
3: I have said my piece.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess speaking of settling, we have Final Fantasy VII: The Remake, the podcast, the <laughs> comments, or <laughs> feedback, as we normally call it. So, Budai fears Advent childreniness in his Final Fantasy VII remake, echoing our sentiments.
1: Uh,
0: Shaman took notes. I get. I guess. You know, um, no, you did not get how we introduce ourselves right. So continue guessing for a prize.
1: <laughs> no, seriously, if you figure out, figure it out. We will give you a prize. It might not be a good prize, <laughs> but it's a prize.
2: Yeah, it won't be a good prize, <laughs> but it'll be a prize. Yeah.
1: Uh, once again, someone said that Scott. Well, was he, like a also.
0: Well, Shaman also asks uh, if it's first on PS4. What's it out on second? <laughs> Probably um, PC and the x I'm going
1: to be a jerk and say mobile t- just
0: because. Just, it, the, the PS4 version also gets ported oh. to iPad.
1: Shiny, shiny iPads.
2: It'll definitely happen on X-Bone.
0: Yeah. Uh, Victor is pro-Troy Baker. It's hard to be anti-Troy Baker. He's good at his job. I agree. But he also is very thankful that we've put all the podcasts in the sidebar and they were always in the sidebar. We just organized it better. Yes. Yes. So look at our sidebar. It's better now organized. It's clear which
2: one's a podcast? Yes. <laughs> All fifteen of us. Uh,
0: fifteen of us. <laughs> well, fifteen people working on seven or something.
1: I like. Exactly. I liked Gaijin's comment. He's Gai- just excited Gaijin... for the the epic fallout that will happen, and the pop. No matter is what
0: eat. gets said, it's going to be epic fallout. And, and I'm like, no, don't do that.
1: And unless they do this as a worldwide release, if Japan gets it first, he's really going to have a lot of fun.
0: Uh, If I'm the one reviewing it, tell me to, like, leave for the middle... Like, I have to take a vacation to Mongolia the day after I get... the minute after I post it.
1: (laughs) Will do. Uh, Continue. And Drav is still a cool guy.
0: Yeah, Drav says nice to As
1: I love the fact that he points out that FF6 and Deus Ex... Are the right answers.
0: Yes, they are the right answers.
1: (laughs) And having Trent be upset apparently was the best thing ever. A few people told me that, actually.
0: Trent, are you upset today?
1: No, I'm pretty chill.
0: Alright, um, can I upset you quickly?
1: No. Don't upset Trent.
0: I don't, I I think we're on the same page this week for a lot of things. What do you
3: want to upset me with?
0: I don't know, I'm like, you know what? Kojima's crazy. I'm glad Kojima gets to be Kojima. I agree. Someone (laughs) The games industry needs someone to be Kojima, and Kojima's pretty good at it,
2: so... He's good at being himself, that's for
0: sure.
1: You mean Miyamoto's not up there? Because, like, I picture... I've heard the stories about Kojima going into Platinum's office during vengeance and be like oh what you doing what you doing and i feel like miyamoto does the exact same thing when he's not on a project what you doing well he like well, when you see the exactly interviews of the star thing. fox
3: adventures happen yeah oh. i love that you, you remember when that was called dinosaur planet and then and then <laughs> and then miyamoto just walked into rare and he was like hey i see what you're doing that's cool see we got a fox too His name is star fox you should put him in this game <laughs> and
0: nothing could possibly
3: go
2: wrong nope
0: Until it did. But, no, like, the guys at Platinum hearing interviews with the things they want to do, I'm like, okay, these cases seem all right. But uh, I guess our closing topic for the night is there are a lot of JRPGs on Steam.
1: And guess what? They announced another Neptunia game, Scott, and guess where it's going? Uh,
0: I'm I'm just sort of wondering what the deal is, because Japan... (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you realize that PS4 version is going to end up on Steam at some point yeah. if Idea Factory can make yeah,
0: it Yeah, well, I, that's the thing, is they spent decades ignoring this market, and now it's a thing. And is it just that porting's so much easier? Because ports still cost money, even if it's four guys.
1: So they, one... Oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry.
2: I was about to say, it's not really so much that it's easier as much as they see that there's a market for it. Because <laughs> there wouldn't, like you said, a whole lot before now so boom
1: so Free one money one i'm gonna make you three cry since with the new neptunia announcement as of today we are up to eight neptunia games this year well the next one's not coming out to early 2016 but okay. lord forbid it had made it, it really this year been coming out
2: pretty quickly so
1: <laughs> yes two i'm not minding the jrpgs being on steam if it means again it gets some more exposure. Well, it, it just means
0: when I see the screenshot, I have to stop. And it's like, okay, JRPG I'm going to ignore, or visual novel I have to save to buy Sam for a present. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I like when there's both involved, too, so... I
0: know, but that overlap doesn't happen on Steam so much. I mean, if they ported PS4, uh, Persona 4, to PC...
1: I, admit, I am I'm liking the trend. I mean, for a while there, basically all you got was Reseteer and anything Carpe Fulgur put out. But
0: it, it does I'm break little, up all the zombie games or uh, survival crafting <sighs> games with zombies. I
1: admit I'm a little traumatized by the amount of Compile Heart on Steam because Compile Art.
0: Well, I'm uh-huh. not saying they're good JRPGs on Steam,
1: but you know you've got Square Enix deciding also to throw their entire catalog, or just about, on there. We're waiting for lightning returns, right, guys? Playing don't, that with a controller.
2: Don't do
0: don't, don't me. It's supposed to be
1: coming.
2: Don't, don't.
1: Uh, I mean, now mind you, I've heard different things from people playing JRPGs on Steam. Um, for example, I was talking to someone from RPG Fan, and they were saying how um, trying to use the mouse and keyboard for Type 0 was next to impossible. Oh,
0: I, I believe it.
1: <laughs> but apparently there's a keyboard option. Well, there's always a keyboard option.
0: I'm just not saying it's practical thing you yeah. want to do. Very true.
1: So with that, what are we talking about next week?
0: Uh, well, next time uh, it's going to be our October episode. So I'm going to talk about why horror and RPG mechanics don't jive most of the time. Or what they, they do. do. Or when, or how they could. Or how they do sometimes. I feel like Trent's
1: going to be very passionate. Eh. <laughs>
2: That was very passionate,
1: Trent. So. You're the worst helper ever, and I still love you. Uh, I love Kudelka, but I mean the. Re- <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and, and love, we're not. We're I not speaking
1: Par- about Kudelka. That that game's a train wreck. Let's be honest.
3: I, I love Kudelka and I love Parasite Eve,
1: but um,
3: no, I, I don't know. It's hard to be afraid of something when everything stops, so you can select your actions. You <laughs> yeah, and that that's gonna be
0: at least my thesis. Or part of it. But so tune in for that. In the meantime, leave comments on the forum, uh, send uh, angry complaints to wheels at rpgamer.com, and join the Sam Marcello fan club by sending Trent 995.
1: I really I like don't that. I really don't like this fan club, if I'm being honest. <laughs> 995. <laughs> also, nine I ne- think you guys are overcharging people. Canadian. <laughs> You guys are seriously overcharging people like this should be a dollar.
0: No nine ninety five Canadian is perfectly fair. And yes. if we wait another month it will be a dollar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good night everyone.
0: The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production, all rights reserved. Visit rpgamer.com for contact info, discussions, and other great content. Music by Nibuo Ematsu, arrangements courtesy of ocremix.com.
2: I'm kind of sad. I thought you were going to say that we were going to be the power. That, that,
0: that! That was this. I was throwing but you that line. I threw that line your way, and Trent. you just
3: left it there. You just, left I it there. It. I took it. I it come took first. it in the right direction.
0: <laughs> yeah, the direction that makes Team Kelsey happy.
1: Uh, Team Kelsey.
2: Uh, <laughs> Team Kelsey. I would be on Team Kelsey too, just so you know.
1: Sorry, Trent. Just
2: over with me.
1: We love you. It's okay. <laughs>
0: Jeez, way to dash the hopes of all of the Trent slash Mac fanfic writers.
3: Because oh. there's so there's so many of those. I oh, know.
0: Look, I'm just going to assume that any podcast that runs long enough will develop its fa- own fanfiction somewhere.
1: It's okay. So- it's Scott's going to cheat on me with our current roommates, so, you know, it'll be fine.
2: I'm kind of frightened by the possibilities of. Is that like rule. 37 of the internet or something? I, I think that that's somewhere in the 60s, probably. Okay. Well, that gives me great fear for some of the podcasts that okay. I listen to and some of those that we host on this I'm, I'm not saying I've found the film Mike stuff.
0: I'm just saying it's almost certainly out there by okay, now. Okay, we, we, we,
1: need, we need to stop this. I mean, unless you know right. there's some oh. Sam Becky Yuri that we're not talking about.
2: Well I'll just go ahead and say hi. I'm send send yeah,
0: send, send your send your erotic fanfictions to wheels at
1: rpgamer.com. I
2: guess
1: I should introduce He didn't leave, he's just being quiet. Something Perhaps I don't know 10. how to do.
2: Had
3: to remove pants. It's important. That is the official policy of this podcast. <laughs>
0: Oh no, sometimes you, sometimes you have to do a six hour side quest for the baby. And then decide if you eat it afterwards. <laughs>